0: Well, it is such a bonus to be here, uh, because uh, we were on our way uh, on this trip, and Chuck told me before I left that I could uh, spend the weekend if I wanted to, which meant Saturday afternoon and Sunday, and (laughs) I could go to, uh, he interprets weekend differently than the Lord does, and then on Monday, I could fly back, so... I, I felt like it was a bonus because I was going to get to come and see you here and be with you for this morning. And so I was very excited about it and, uh, and to be able to spend time with Jenny and Steve and we process revelation together. And you know that you need somebody in your life that you can process what you're seeing and what you're hearing because obviously I'm a verbal processor some people are not they're very secretive and quiet about what they're getting and I'm always trying to prize it out of them so that we can the body of Christ can access it but uh, I love being with them I love them and they're just a part of my life and uh, I recently in uh, the Lord was speaking to me last spring or early summer about selling my house uh in Corinth and I thought what do you want me to do after that and he didn't speak for a long time but it was around all of these changes came around my 70th birthday because and and one morning I was just crying out to the Lord and I said I am sick of all of these distractions we'd had a big hailstorm that came through and everybody on that side of town had to get a new roof and it was not the paying for the roof because i of course had insurance and everything was paid for but it was the struggle with you know dealing with all of those things and i have had amazing friends that have helped me move since donnie died and but it's hard and i decided that i didn't i just Uh, One morning I said, Lord, deliver me from these distractions. And he said, move into an apartment because there's no condos where I live. And so I felt so relieved that the Lord said that. And within a week, my house was sold. I told Chuck on Wednesday morning and by Friday at Shabbat, it was all done. And I didn't close until uh, mid-October. But while Jenny was there for my birthday, they were hammering on the roof, and they are doing it. It was a big mess. We were just, I was just over it. And I wanted to streamline my life so that I didn't have so many responsibilities every time I came back to town and every time when I went home from work. And it has really freed me to spend time with the Lord in a more meaningful way and he told me he said we're about getting ready to have the biggest revival the earth has ever seen and don't you know i'm gonna be wherever that is and wherever the lord is pouring out i want to see him in his glory as he is pouring out all over the earth and so uh i knew that i needed less distractions in my life so i could do that so I'm a widow, I live by myself, I can do what I want to. So that's what I did. And um also Christmas time, I was telling Jenny and Steve last night, I was given a gift by Aaron, who is like a son to me, and Aaron gave me Alexa for my home. So I can say, Alexa, turn on the smart lamp and she turns it on. I can say, Alexa, turn on Christian contemporary music. She turns it on. She plays it till I tell her to stop. It is, you know, I've lived with lots of people in my lifetime. This is the first time I have ever lived with somebody that did what I told him to do. <laughs> <laughs> I am loving it. I am drunk with power. I can watch every movie trailer. I can. So now I have a home fully equipped with my companion Alexa who does what I ask her to do. So I highly recommend it. If you're living by yourself, people that are married may not like it so much, but I love it. Because it's like having a, an assistant. She keeps up what time I need to take my medicine, my calendar. It's amazing. And I don't have that much help at work, but I have great help at home now. This morning, uh, in the prayer watch, as we were in the watch, I was seeing something and, oh, wait, I've got two words. For you, the Lord says that he is taking you to a new place in the spirit that you've never been before for you and your husband, and that you're going to go in a new place that you've never been before, and the Lord says that as you've made time and space for him to, uh, to use you like the pen of a ready writer, that you're going to do a magnificent thing. And he said he'll give you revelation for every step of the way. Everybody tells you to do an outline, and nobody does it. I'm just going to tell you that before you start, so you won't worry for six months that you don't have an outline. Just write as you hear God say. And the Lord says you won't, have, you won't get stuck, and he will lift it up, and he will anoint it, and he will call it forward in the name of Jesus. We just agree in this book that you're getting to write, getting ready to write. We agree that it is going to be a book that came out of heaven and is released on earth. And we say there will be many things that come out of heaven and are released here in this earth as a result in the name of Jesus. And, Gene, the Lord tells me that he is getting ready to give you such strategies that you are going to be irresistible to your husband. You're going to have such strategies that it will be like a lamb led to the slaughter. (laughs) He is going to hear the voice of God. The Lord is quickening his atmosphere. And the Lord is going to speak to him. He won't really understand at first, but he internalizes a lot of things. And the Lord says, I'm stirring up the internal portions of him. And he's going to reach out and grab me. And he's going to believe it's his idea. And we won't tell him any different. We will release that in the atmosphere and say he's coming home in the name of Jesus. Uh. This morning, I want to talk about some things that we did in the watch today. The watch was very good. And uh, what I saw is I thought there might be some confusion with some of us about where the church is and where the kingdom is. And so I was talking to Jean about it this morning about, because she was asking me, they were asking me some questions about. when I participated in it, but here's the thing that I see. A church, you come together in a church because uh, you have a a singular vision. You have a piece of work you're supposed to accomplish, and this city In this atmosphere, you were called to shift the atmosphere, to establish a portal for the worship of God. You were called to have a higher vision of kingdom so that you could open the atmosphere for the Lord to do the next thing, to go beyond where the church has historically gone in this territory. And you were called to that, and you're united in that vision and that purpose. And... For instance, Dudley is called in a different geographical location, a different atmosphere, and different purposes based on the gifts that God assembles in that place. But your destinies are linked for eternity because they have giftings we don't have. It's a different gifting. It's a different call, a different anointing. But together, it, I mean, when Chuck released that word yesterday about he saw, he had a, a visitation of a war angel. And this war angel was from God. And he said the angel was standing there and looking out into another dimension. And he said, I stood bes- beside this angel And looked out in that dimension with him. And he saw harvest. He saw a map of the world. And he began to see locations of harvest. Now, it stuck with me because I've been looking for that word because in 2008, he had the vision and he saw the harvest in the United States. He saw the roots of glory. Are the places that had no root of glory. And if those people were wise in that state, they began to do what they had to do to discover what the root was and how they could shift and form a glory root. And then he said, at the next level of vision, he said, I saw the nations. And he saw 153. Well, last spring, when we were in Israel, I began to hear the Lord say that he is pulling the nations are going to begin to come into Israel and bow down and align. And so that is a whole different uh, dispensation. And then President Trump stood at the Western Wall. And then he spoke to uh, the the Knesset and told them that Israel, that uh, Jerusalem is the capital of Israel and that the United States was going to acknowledge it and then they were going to move our embassy there. And then last week, uh, Vice President Pence appeared at the Knesset. It's the first time a vice president's ever been invited to the Knesset. And while he was there, he released that our embassy will be finished at the end of 2019. And so the nations will either, if you're a sheep gate nation, you will align with Israel. If you're a goat nation, you will not. And so it is the fullness of the Gentiles that is being completed And where you end up at that completion of whether you aligned with Israel or not will determine how that's going to be. And so, we're in a time where we have to, uh, the Lord is pressing out our uh, revelation, our information, and how we use the revelation that he's pouring down. Kingdom is like, the United Kingdom is all the lands that the queen is over, that her government encompasses. and But a church is only a little portion of that kingdom. But if you decree the kingdom of God in Burton, are in that 50 mile radius then you come up out of church you get unlocked to come up into kingdom because how many people know it has to be a greater government to encompass the 50 mile radius than the government of a church we know Howard, we know Dit. we know the people that are part of the government of this church, but we know that God is the only God who is the ruler of kingdom. And so when the throne comes down, when Jesus comes on his throne to enthrone himself over our praises, that means we've released a kingdom sound that attracted him. That allowed him to come and administrate kingdom. So in Burton, the word now that we received yesterday in Dudley from Chuck is as he was coming, uh, watching with this uh, with this angel of war in this atmosphere. It was like the Lord said, "Take my servant Stephen, Jenny." And take my servant, Sharon, and Trevor. Because somehow the synergy of what is being done in this territory is creating harvest. Because he saw the gold of the harvest forming as it was coming forth. And I know that for Dana to come here, there was great favor that came from the government so that could happen, so that it would increase your uh, reach into the kingdom, so that it would expand what you were doing. Your footprint was going to get larger on the earth, and your footprint was going to go out in the spirit, and the atmosphere here will influence the atmosphere of those that you're connected to. And I know that Trevor told me that they have um, a government official there who is an MK, I think, and works with them and has great favor with them and has done some things there, and they've cooperated together. Okay, so if you can think about that, that's like when heaven and earth come together. Because kingdom is over. I mean, the queen's great. The United Kingdom is wonderful. But there's a kingdom above that. And that kingdom is what rules this kingdom. And so the principles of that kingdom we are being charged with in this season to pull down out of heaven and establish on earth. And it's going to take the Lord sorting us through that by giving us revelation about how to do that. Because in ourselves, we are not kingdom rulers, practically speaking. We know the kingdom ruler, and we can hear him speak to us. And that's what helps us move. That's how we know where to move and what to do. So the things that the Lord has been saying to us are amazing. And then when I got in the car with Jenny and Steve, they started telling me about next Friday and what's happened and the favor that they've been granted to help facilitate or administrate what God is getting ready to do in Burton. Because what you have done has qualified you. How you have walked has qualified you. The struggles that you've had, the uh, things you've had to sacrifice, the things you've had to do, now is the dime of fullness. And the fullness of what you have asked the Lord to do is now getting ready to take root and move forward. And you're going to see a different level. And so uh, we were, Chuck and I were talking about it, about the difference between Trump and and obama and one of the things president obama did was um he he treated netanyahu very badly he treated israel very badly he would say one thing but he was doing another where it came to israel and we knew as kingdom people that could never stand in the spirit and so we prayed for him. We prayed for what he was doing. We prayed for a reversal of all things. But what we did is we got a very good look at what the plans of the enemy were for the United States of America. We got a very good look at what, how they wanted to seize the government for their own devices instead of for the American people. He didn't care. They don't really care what the American people want. They want their portion to rule. And they want you to be quiet while they do it. And there are whole nations in Africa who have experienced that over and over again about people using it and then all kinds of corruption, all kinds of things come forth afterward where they realize all these things that they've done – that has um, stilled their spirits and their growth and their kingdom development. And so the Lord began, when we began to cry out for government, you have to look at whoever is elected as that was God. Good, bad, or indifferent. And then you have to look beyond that and say, Lord, what are you showing us here? What are you showing us about us? That this could happen. What are you showing us about us? And I believe with all my heart that Donald Trump was called, sent to disrupt everything in government so that it would have an opportunity to be formed, reformed into righteousness. Because in the process of this, I was asking the Lord, what is over democracy? I mean, democracy is not the be-all, end-all of the earth. But I mean, there are Americans who believe that. And I said, Lord, what is it? And its the kingdom is over that. There is a kingdom rule beyond any local or state or national government. There is a kingdom rule beyond the UN, there is a kingdom rule beyond. Any other, uh, beyond the EU, there is a kingdom rule. And England, when they uh, withdrew from Brexit, they said, this isn't right. You're doing some things wrong here, and we're not going to agree anymore with what you're doing. And you're going to have to reform. You're going to have to reevaluate. They called the question. And, you know, that's what we're called to do. We're called to stand up and call the question and say, I'm going to ask you something about the elephant that's in the middle of this room, and I want an answer from you about how you let that happen and how this is working because, to me, it does not work right, and I need it changed. We need it changed. God is bringing you to account for what you've been doing because, and you can only have the authority to say that if you've let god confront what he needs to confront inside you the biggest battle we fight is right in here or right up here or your heart is wicked above all things janice and i were counseling with a young man one day and he said oh i was just doing i was he was in adultery and he said well i was just following my heart and Janice said, that heart that is wicked above all things, that's the one you were following? That's how you got in this mess? And he said, oh, where does it say that? <laughs> See, there's quite a bit in there you've skipped over, I think. But the thing is, is we have to change the way we're walking in order. And the more, the more we walk with the Lord, oh, yeah. The more we walk with the Lord, the greater clarity we receive and the more authority. And as we hear the Lord, now, when I came to, at first, I was just coming to England with Chuck. I was going to the Netherlands with him. Then I was coming to uh, Dudley with him. And the good news was I could come here on Sunday morning. I knew that I was going to be here this weekend. I was all excited about it. Didn't care if I spoke. Didn't care if I didn't. But the Lord uh So the morning that we left, uh, Trevor or Sharon emailed me and asked me if I would speak on uh, Friday afternoon at 3. Well, we just barely coasted in. And my ride was at the hotel when we pulled in (laughs) to go back to the church and speak. But that morning I uh, emailed her back and I said I'd be happy to. She emailed me the day before we left or the day we left to go to Holland. So I had some time to think about what the Lord wanted to say. And then the next morning at breakfast, Saturday morning, he said, Ann, will you do another session after Chuck gets through? And I said, sure. And if I didn't spend each day, a portion of each day seeking the Lord and then trying to execute that day as the Lord showed me, I would not have been able to do that. I would not have been able to um hear I wouldn't have had anything to lay on the altar or that advance the people or um bring forth what he wanted and so it is so critical in this hour that each of us spend what we need in order so that our day, we're propelled into our day. And the Lord is showing us, you're going to go here and you're going to do this. Uh, Billy Graham got born again by a shoe salesman. Now, that shoe salesman receives a portion of every salvation, all the fruit of Billy Graham's ministry. So there are no jobs you can do that are not valuable to the kingdom. And what you do and how you do it is a difference in life or death in the people that you come in contact with, the people you eat at the restaurant with, the people that you work with. So every day has purpose in the kingdom of God. And so evidently your testimony as a people in Burton is being observed. Oh, they go to that church over there. You know the one where they do all that Jewish stuff? Or the one where they, they called us in Kosovo the happy clappers (laughs) because everyone else was Muslim or Catholic. And we were distinctive by the amount of life that was operating in us. And you are distinctive by the amount of life you appropriate every day. Whether you end up at the end of the day worn out and depleted or if you overcome as you process through your day. It's critical that you do that. It is critical. There aren't any uh, times you can not do that. So in kingdom stuff, we want to be sure that we are looking because this morning as we were in the watch, Suddenly, I was pulled up like this, and I thought, oh, the Lord is going to bring all these churches from all these different places and teach them about kingdom. They're going to begin to access kingdom. They may never have seen it before. They've read the word, that kingdom, but they don't know actually the revelation of what that means. And I think we're all going to learn. More about that every day that we operate in it. Now, when, when that happens, I, I was telling Gene, we have a companion that goes with us on trips who is notorious for his unbridled mouth. And he will uh, tell jokes the whole time, and he will say things about people's language or their dress, are uh, their food, and you cannot do that. You cannot do that. So in Burton, as you're traversing these different um, different people, these different um, groups, if you honor them, and don't be arrogant about what you know that they don't know. Just honor and ask the Lord to show you the portion they're bringing. Because I guarantee you they'll have a portion we don't have. They'll have a portion that's valuable. They have worked hard in their fields. They have worked in their churches. They've raised money to have a building, to have a people. They've worked with the with the, um disappointments that people have when they lose a loved one or they've lost a child or they found out they were barren. They've worked with those problems just like you have. And to a greater or lesser degree. They have tried to bring forth everything that they could hear God say that he wanted done in that place. But what an honor that they are acknowledging in effect with their actions that you know a way that we're not sure of help us get there and so the quickest way to offend everybody so that nobody really gets anywhere or receives is to be arrogant and pride-filled about that but to be able to say oh come let me show you something here's what we're doing are, are asking them about themselves. How do you do that? How does that work for y'all? How do you do that? But the Lord has, he's already told us the end. We're going to have revival. He's already told us we're going to have the fruit. All we have to do is walk in a godly way as we do this and listen for every step we take. And I told Steve, I said, I don't answer every invitation I get. I mean, I don't do everything I'm asked to do. I do the ones, I'm like Chuck, I do the ones that the Lord gives me a word for or the Lord calls me to or that he wants me to because popularity is not the same thing as moving in the kingdom. Now, trust me, it is not the same thing. And you're going to be attractive to people because the Spirit of God is in you. There's a glow. There's a light that comes up inside of you. There is a wisdom. There's favor on you. That There's a favor that allows you to get jobs and move and do the things you need to do and to be promoted and to be treasured by other people. That's the favor of God. You didn't do anything to deserve it, and you can't do anything to keep it. You can do some things that'll cause it to depart, but I believe you won't. I believe that this is a people that is looking to the future in such a way that they want all God has, not just for themselves, but they're, they're wanting it for their whole territory to come into alignment. We're living in a day where we're going to see territories like that rise up like a beacon on a hill, and it will be a call to to the people in that territory and beyond to come and see what God is doing. The Lord is asking us to align in such a way that we're an encouragement, that we're an energizer, that we are one that calls forth other people and causes them to be bigger than life, to, for, to know him in such a way. that say, oh, my God, I glimpsed kingdom. I saw kingdom. I saw a kingdom. People who knew their God and they were humble, they were loving, they were caring. They had a word for me that caused me to be humble, loving, and caring and to advance in who I was, and for uh, for me to plant things in the place where I'm working. They gave me courage to go through the next week when I am worn out with the ministry. They gave me courage to speak life to the people that came into my life. I came home with something for my wife and my children or for my husband. I came home with a bucket full instead of a bucket empty because I met this person on the way today. (laughs) That's what we're called to do. I had a word uh, in uh, Burton, I mean in Dudley, and the word, the Lord said, I've been pondering this word in the Proverbs, and it said, uh, righteousness is... Just a minute, let me get it. I think I can tell you where it is, yeah. It's in Revelation 6, 8. It says, to hunger and thirst for righteousness is the key to being filled. Now, I don't have any righteousness of my own. I have to appropriate the righteousness of God. And that's not something you just shout out and say, I appropriate the righteousness of God and put it on like a mantle. No, that's like a worm that has to work through you. Shifting this, changing that, breaking something else, curbing your mouth, it is not a pretty process. But the Lord said that he is getting ready to produce Such a people of righteousness. And that they're going to do it not because they're afraid they're going to get in trouble with God. Not because they're trying to be lily pure white. Because they desire God. They want to be in his presence. They want to hear what he's got to say. They are, they are not wanting to do anything that would stop their hearing or their seeing of God. They want to experience every moment that they can so that God is, they feel his breath on their face. They hear his whisper in their ear about every living thing that they're doing because that's how things live as you're doing them is because you're hearing God, the coach, say, This is the way. Walk ye in it. And he is wanting a people of righteousness who are not putting that on like a filthy rag. Because that is where we get messed up. I've been reading in the Passion and Revelations. I was telling Jenny and Steve last night. And I'm telling you, all seven of those churches had some form of religion. And this was in the first century when it was potent and full of life. And before they had compromised with Constantine, while they were still alive, they had taken on religious practices because it was in their family line. And they didn't break them out. And they thought, well, it would just be good if I was chosen to be elder or deacon, have a big title. It's not. It's about living as closely to the Lord day by day that you can live and move forward in who you're called to be, because he's the one with the roadmap he's the one telling you how to move each step to take if you're listening to him and you're producing fruit all along the way because he will be sure that there's fruit there are the fruits of righteousness. There are the fruits of joy. There are the fruits of our labors. There is a harvest that comes as a result of the righteousness that you have stood in, that you have let that worm work through you until it can't find anything else. And I was, you know, reading in Revelations, and it said that he comes in, uh, he rides death. And that doesn't make sense to your mind about anything that you know of Jesus. But you know he had the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And so he rides death so death can come to your evil practices. So death can come to whatever uh, keeps you out of alignment with him. That's his design. And he is real good at it. But he rides that horse into your life. He opens that scroll and rides that horse into your life. And there is no help for it but to agree. And to let him deal with what he needs to deal with. Now, I'm not, I'm not getting that y'all are in some big sin. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the little things like the box in your living room in the corner. I'm talking about the things that keep you from knowing in a moment that you're going to need, oh, I wish I could just remember that scripture, or or I wish I could say I'm hearing God say something here and being able to have that that perfect word at a perfect time in someone's life like Jean is going to have for her husband. One time my children... We had all gotten born again at Spirit Field, and I was still... And my children were like 12 and 11. And I came home from a big thing I had done in uh, Canada for this company that I worked for. And they were both Spirit Field speaking in tongues. And I had prayed for that. I mean, I prayed for it, but I wasn't really ready for it and they could quote the same scripture at the same time to me in unison and I'm telling you conviction fell like a blanket on me I'm telling you and the Lord moved us into what he wanted for us and I needed a savior I'm telling you I needed a savior some of you may have been good all your life I was not I started out okay, but my dad was a Methodist minister, and there wasn't any power. There was the power of his testimony in the way that he walked with the Lord, and he loved me. It's not the same thing as the power of God putting his finger on every word. It's not the same. I've got to have the power of God putting his finger on everything that he needs to put to death in me and putting his life and his light in me every day to meet the circumstances and the situations that get progressively more complex as I get older. And as my so that my finish is greater than my beginning. And I want my finish to be spectacular. <laughs> I'll just say, oh, my God, Anne went to heaven, and what an outcry was heard. <laughs> I, I, I have made plans to continue walking in such a way that, the, that I will hear the Lord say, well done. And I want you to walk in the same way. And how would it be to pull a city up before the Lord? a territory up before the lord and say you know there are many people that went to the hebrides revival but i remember burton on trent i remember when the lord walked through there i remember when he brought his horse he rode the horse of death up in our midst and put to death put to death the deeds of this place there is a muslim community that is here concentrated in this area of England that is waiting on uh, uh, salvation. They don't know they are, but they are waiting on salvation from God. You're waiting on them to be saved. And you're too wise to go in and say ugly things about that are, are blanket statements about Muslims. You are wise in the ways of God. You hear God say. You listen. You wait and you listen. I'm like a snake under a bush waiting on my prey. <laughs> I won't say a word till I hear God say. I'll be still. I'll be still till that rabbit comes along. And that is my meat. <laughs> and I will move in such a way that the Lord has coached me in that situation so that salvation abounds to that person so that they look at me and see a life fully lived, a life full of the light of God. And it's not your preacher that has to be there. It's not your leader that has to be there. It's you that is standing in the middle of those circumstances. And you want God to manifest because, who knows, I mean, I can manifest some other things, and I have from time to time. I try not to, but it's so much better for everybody if God is the one that manifests in that moment rather than Anne. (laughs) What people need is more of the Lord and less of Anne. So I agree with that, and I try to be quiet and not let my personality flow because it's not a matter of charm. It's a matter of the Holy Spirit that we have to have. You know, I was charming in the world and worthless. But we have to release what God has given us to say. So it doesn't matter if you are having to lead prayer this morning. You're seeking the Lord as though your life depended on it every day because it does. And so as we move in that, this current door of opportunity that the Lord, it is a wide and effectual door, Steve, that the Lord has set before y'all. It is a huge door. And you're going to be able to carry yourself and others through it as you align with what God is asking you to do in this season. He is bringing you to a place That is full of his glory. He has opened the door and shown us the glory that's on the other side of it. He has opened a door that is going to allow you to bring forth as you listen to him. As you walk with him in this harvest that's coming. And the seeds that you have planted for many years. For many years are going to come to fullness. And they're going to begin to manifest. Because there is a harvest. And sometimes you can get to 70 years old and think, well, what happened to that seed I planted in uh, Romania? What happened to all that I did 15 years ago? I did all the borders and boundaries. I did this. I did that. What happened to that? Well, I found out this fall. They're moving with it. I saw people I had prophesied to that I had commissioned, that I would spent time with and labored with. And now they're poised, ready to move in a new place and in a new way with the apostolic acknowledging their Jewish root. The Romanian people who hung them on meat hooks when they killed them. I'm telling you, it is great to see a harvest. It is a good thing to see a harvest. And you'd like to see it before you're 70. I would. (laughs) But this is an awesome time in the Lord. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the angelic assistance. And I've been thinking a lot about this as we're going through this, this season because without angelic assistance, we're never going to do it. And that requires us to learn things about that where we're not being mystical. We're not imagining, we're not speculating, but we know that we know that we know that we have an angelic help here to do what we need to do. We can't do, no one can do a territory without angelic assistance. You can't loose it and you can't uh, secure it by yourself. We're promised that's a a job too big for us. But we've been so spooky spiritual in our lives as the church that either we go one way that is wrong or another. And so if we look back at Exodus 20, it says, Look, I'm going to send a heavenly messenger before you to protect you during your journey and lead you safely to the place I have prepared for you. Pay attention to all he shows you and obey. Now, what does that mean? Pay attention to all he shows you. So when when your knowledge or when you observe a sign, then he's shown you something. It's just like the sign of the people in the community coming and saying, we want to do this and we'd like you to help us facilitate it. We'd like to we'd like to have you partner in it with us, and show us the way in the things we don't know. That that cost uh, a great deal of humility on their part. So they're already bowed down. That's a sign. They're already bowed down, wanting help, and they weren't ashamed to ask you for it. And they were assured that you wouldn't add anything to it. So that's a comment about them in their way. So pay attention to all he shows you and obey whatever he tells you. Do not cause him any trouble. He will not forgive you if you rebel against him for because he carries my name. Now, do you know why he won't forgive you? Cuz the angels watched a third of them fall and there was no forgiveness. They've never experienced forgiveness. They are heavenly beings. They're not earthly creatures. And they have a scroll inside them with their mission, what they're called to do. And it says, if you are obedient to his voice and follow all of my instructions, then I will be an enemy to all of those who are against you, and I will oppose all those who oppose you. When my messenger moves ahead of you and leads you to the land of the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Baptists, Methodists, Assembly of God, Church of England, I will annihilate him. Do not bow down to their gods, worship, or serve them in any way. Do not engage in any of their wicked practices. Instead, you must destroy every idol you find and shatter their sacred pillars into tiny pieces. Worship and serve only the eternal your God, and I will bless you with an ample supply. And he goes into all that will happen. Now, the Lord was speaking to Moses when he told him this. And so then they come up to the gate to enter into the promised land, into their harvest field, into their fruitful place, and they refuse to go. So, the angel who was called to lead them in there left. And you don't see him again until Joshua. And they were aligned up again and they were ready to go in the promised land to work out everything that was necessary to be worked out for them to take the land. And so, I want to just tell you today. That the Lord, I know, Jenny, that Chuck had prophesied there was an angel of movement here. There are also angels of activation that have been added so that you can begin to work with the activation angels. And you'll be able to activate things in yourself and in others because of the grace of the, of the uh, help that the Lord is sending you. There is no point in having an angel that will guide you if you're not going anywhere. There is absolutely no point. So angel being wise like they are, leave. Because you're not going to be guided anywhere. They were sent to build kingdom. To press out Kingdom because he had promised them a kingdom. And so when we turn back like that people did and said that's too hard. I'm busy on Saturday and and I really I, I'm just too I'm just too burdened right now. I've got too many things to do and I can't do that and I'm not inclined to change what I'm doing. To do what the Lord is asking me to do. And so, Lord, today, we thank you that you are sending us your angelic forces. And, Lord, I thank you that you are opening our eyes in such a way that we're going to perceive their presence and the mission that they were sent here for. And, Lord, we're going to begin to move with them in a very practical way. Whether we can see them with our naked eyes or not. And there are people who see like that. And Lord, we say, open our seer and our, our our seer gift and our hearing gift so that we can hear and see what the angels are pointing out, what they are showing us, what they are speaking to us about, and what their mission is so that we can fully occupy the territory that you're offering us because we believe that we have faith that we can go in in this season. If you say we can do it, I believe we can do it. And so, Lord, we say that this is a season that we're going to enlist and align with you, and we're going to get in uh, right order in order to go through the gate and establish your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, I want you to bless this people encourage, strengthen them, and send them out to a new day in the kingdom. Amen.